Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That's right. And the, and John, the brain, Sheeran, that is actually yeah. one of our, our, yeah, one of our listeners said we should call him John, the brain, Sheeran. Yeah. And guys, today we have obviously the, the greatest guest that we've ever had, but also the greatest guest in the history of guests. And I'm not talking about talk shows. I'm just saying guests, like the history of mankind, when people visit each other, the greatest. And this is ever the since the first caveman yeah. had another caveman as a guest on his show, right? Which was probably done using hand gestures by yeah. the moonlight. This is prob- the best guest after that. They were probably trying to describe the football game as well, and and so this guest is the Bengals team reporter. But I mean, there's so much more than that. You know, yeah. she's on the NFL Network right now. Yeah, and they are trying to steal her away. So we're very some, have, some have called her the heart and soul of Cincinnati itself. Yeah. Some have gone that far. That that's that yeah. And and so really really we want to talk about all the positive vibes coming out of the Bengals training camp and the 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 franchise as a whole. We've had a lot of lot of developments recently. So with that, I want to welcome the great Marissa Contepelli. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome hey, back. Guys. <laughs> Thanks hey, for Marissa. having me on. You know, I think we might need to do some fact checking on where you're getting all this information from because you guys are just the kindest. And Well, you only have two minutes to correct us or talk yeah. about how great you are. The topic at hand is how great you are. Oh, my so gosh. you have one minute, 44 seconds. To Please. You, yeah, tell us. Undo what you, we said or agree with it. In your words, how great are you, Marissa? You only have one minute, 36 seconds. Five, I know. Four. Yeah, I know. I love how you guys just keep talking through this time that we have. Um, it's making it go by really, really quick here. Right. Um, I hate this topic. I hate talking about myself. So I'll either default to the two of you. Talk about your shirt. Talk about me, which I don't think you should. I think we should talk about the team because the team is way more exciting <laughs> to talk about um, than just me holding the microphone and a camera um, around practice. So I'll let you guys have at it. <laughs> but we wouldn't know anything about the team if it wasn't for Marissa. I mean, the videos and, you know, actually... I saw I saw you at the Saturday practice thing and you were talking and every, the whole there's like 70,000 people and they're clapping and then the team comes out they're like oh that's right there's a football game so it was it was crazy it was the, all the focus was on uh, the great Marissa Cantapelli but I yeah so she's <laughs> so yeah so yeah and I see you're a cat lover from the back, of, there's a cat walking around. Uh, sorry, my cat is, you know, just I would love to put, self. I, I was trying to walk around on the show. I'm an animal lover. I don't know if you know that. I'm an animal lover. I, 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 an advocate of animal rights. Let's let's hear what the cat has to say about the Bengals because if you think about it, it's really the cat's team. 
I mean, it is influence. She's Hude color. She's black, orange, and white. So she fits in perfectly. She's my little mini Hude. So hopefully she'll come back out of hiding and we'll make her first appearance on the podcast. So we call a green flag right there. That's a, that's a green flag. <laughs> yeah, green flag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, really, Marissa does it all with the videos, with the reporting, with the following up with the players. I mean, yeah. she is like the Jeff Hobson of the media side of it, of the of the kind of more uh, modern kind of digital. I don't know what it's called, but the, the fun stuff, you know, Jeff Hobson, Jeff Hobson was on our show. He's great as well. Uh, Jeff's a lad- Jeff. Jeff is a legend. He he is an absolute a legend. legend. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, we would not. Our department would not be what it is without you know just his his knowledge and his writing. He does just a phenomenal job. I honestly don't know how he does it all. He does so much. Yeah, well, Marissa, we're out of time. So that topic. We're going to go yeah, to a new energy. Time. Yeah, and and look. So, uh, like I said, I was at PBS. Oh gosh, yes, yeah. and, and public I, television. Yeah. No, we're not talking about you know nature cats. I I, I have been no. the supporter of NPR for twenty years. I yeah. believe in public television. I believe in public uh, radio. Yeah, yeah. That's not the topic. So I was at Paul Brown Stadium. Like I said, I saw you. You didn't see me probably because I'm kind of a shorter, and I was behind Frank Pollock and the offensive linemen, who were pretty big. Yeah. But I was watching him, and his face was red the whole time. And it was supposed to be like family day. And this guy was intense. He was ripping into people. He was pushing them in the chairs. He's like, hey, you know, do that, do this, do that. And, and it, was, it was great. But I also noticed that the Bengals have gotten very serious about conformity, you know, about getting fan engagement, demanding it, if you will. And so, I mean, there, there is the secret police that they have hired, the Bengal secret police. They go around. Hold on. They go around and they make sure people say who they... I don't know if you know... John, you know what I'm talking about. What? What? There is the... The, um, the Gestapo? Uh, no, no. They don't. They actually they don't go so far as to make you wear badges if you're not a Bengals fan yet. But they do. They do. Oh, they gosh. go... I, I, told, I actually wrote a story about it uh, for Cincy Jungle where there was a little girl, John, you know what I'm talking about, where they, yeah. if you don't say who they loudly enough or proudly enough. Okay, so uh, yeah. I, I got to butt in here and tell you that this is a man who spends, the, with the little bit of literacy that he has, reading conspiracy theory websites. And yeah. this is a man who believes a lot of strange, very absurd things. Uh, I, I believe that he's tapping into that very, very negative energy. And he's also a man who, by the way, is incredibly cheap. I just throw that in there because he pays my salary. And, and to give you an example of how cheap he is, you might notice that a lot of uh, sports shows have uh, gambling advertisements. Do you know why our show never has any gambling advertisements? Daddy believes that he was a gambling, he had a gambling addiction. And the reason he believes that is because one time in his life, he bought a lottery ticket and didn't win. And so he, he thinks that was a gambling addiction because this man is so cheap. He thinks he should win the lottery every time he buys a lottery ticket. So okay, look, hold that. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but my point, my point is, this is a man who has been debunked on look, my show. They have, they have the 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 enforcers, if you will. Oh, it's called the Stripe Squad. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, a Stripe yes, Squad. Oh, yes, the SS. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And and man, like you just like you know you kind of salute them and you're like. You know, yes, sir. Yes. Who they? Yes. And you just kind of like put your head down and you keep why it's it's so fantastic, you know, and then yeah. you have the the um, what do you call it? The insane 
uh, the, what do you call it? The the range dugouts with the, that they have with Daddy, the. Uh, you have become such a fascist <laughs> that even your imagination is a fascist imagination. Yeah. Oh, well, well, okay. What well, my point is that it was rocking. It was rocking. It was just a practice. So really excited about that. Let's move on to the O line, offensive line. I was amazed by their performance in both games. I love the period. Pass protection has been magnificent. Period. You don't yep. see that a lot. I love it. I do too. It's fact. It's a statement. Yeah, fact. it's a fact. And yes. it has been, it, you know, you know, it really has been. It's weird because we went into the season and everybody was like, okay, why'd you get Jamar Chase, right? And it's true, Jamar Chase has stone hands, but we talked about that last episode, that's okay. That being said, the, the, actually the offensive line has been really a wonder. It's been a wonder. I mean, the, I think that things are in order and I'm hoping that maybe Joe Burrow can play in a, a little bit, you know, in the preseason and, and we can see it at least one or two plays, we could see it working its magic. Well, I mean, that's what, um, Daddy, you were talking about, Frank Pollock. I mean, I know it's just out of practice, but he is just like so high energy. I, I swear, I get fired up. I'm like ready to go through a brick wall for the guy when we're out of practice, just because of how he he just kind of commands the line. And, you know, every guy we've talked to so far this camp has just said um, that Frank Pollock has increased their game, has upped their game. They've all just absolutely loved working with him. And he's really getting the most out of these guys. He's a former player who, who knows what he wants out of his players. And so, um, I mean, you've yeah. seen it through the first two games. I mean, um, well, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you look at that game, the Washington game, and I mean, that is a good defensive line. And I watched, I watched like, you never really saw a mess up. You, they were, they were holding firm on every pass play. It was amazing. They were like a wall. They were a really good offensive line against a very good defensive line. And look at and that were, Michael Jordan. Look at yeah. him making that comeback. Look at him coming around and getting his reputation back. I love a yeah. comeback story. You know that. And I believe that, that that Michael Jordan kid is going to be a star. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he had a good pass rating. Um, right. And, and John, I mean, who else was it? Uh, the other guard had a good pass rating. Billy Price was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Billy, Billy Price has good. honestly kind of surprised me a little bit. He's He was a guy that I think we thought could improve being reunited with Frank Pollock. And they drafted the center and Trey Hill to potentially compete with him to back up Trey Hopkins this year. But honestly, like he's playing well enough where he's kind of keeping Trey Hill at bay. And it looks like he's probably the best version of himself. And if that's a backup to, to a guy in Trey Hopkins, that's fine. But I think he has even improved under Frank Pollock, which is just another testament of how good of a coach Frank Pollock is. Yeah, John, I would agree with you on that. And even just like well, with Billy Price, it seems like he kind of has that confidence back that I know um, kind of was um, lacking at times over the last two years as he was going through those injuries. So it's great to see him, you know, have that confidence back. And I'm sure it helped a lot, you know, finding out that Frank Pollock, the coach that drafted him, was going to be coming back in here to work with him. But, you know, guys, I also thought Jonah Williams um, looked pretty good against Washington and that, you know, it's finally great to see him healthy and back out there and, you know, solidifying that left side of the line. It's fantastic. I mean, Jonah looks like he's really found his way in the league. I mean, he looks like a, like a, a pretty, pretty good tackle. And, uh, and the interior of the offensive line was our biggest concern. It looked solid. Run blocking, not, not as big of a jump as on pass blocking. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm almost shocked. But, um, you know, I, I expect that from Frank Pollock. Because mm-hmm. anybody who gets that red in the face about anything has got to be good at his job. 
And I think people really forget the importance of attitude when it comes to professional football. We imagine that these guys are all grown men and their personalities are kind of set and what does it matter? But positive attitude, I mean, Zach has brought the positive attitude to the mm-hmm. team. I think that's percolated throughout the team. And I can, I can tell when we had Billy Price on the show, I got the very Heath Ledger kind of Prince of Darkness vibe from him. But yeah. I'm seeing a totally new Heath Ledger now, or rather Billy Price, in that I feel like he's... He's got an invigorated energy. I feel like he's back. And I think that's all because of the difference between having a coach who was borderline, I don't know, demonic to one like Frank Pollock, who really, really people love. And he's got that personality, as you say, makes you want to go through a brick wall in a good way. But now other teams are going to have to go to the brick wall because that's our offensive line. That's their nickname. I just just made it up. But the pass rush – same thing. That was our, our, our second biggest problem. The second biggest concern is like, we don't have a pass rush. We don't have Carl Lawson. We don't have anybody. We don't have nothing. Trey Hendrickson was, you know, he had a great uh, support yeah. he, with Cam Jordan, the Saints, all that kind of a stuff. Yeah. That's what we heard. But and, now, and, and, as the but title now, says yeah. below the screen, and, and it means the Bengals are finally going to get to question the BS, right? <laughs> They're going to question the BS of last year and the BS of the year before and the BS of, we're going to no. question it. No, no, the, no, no. The BS is on no. the stand. No. And, and, and it's guilty. You, you can't handle the truth. You know, you can't handle, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. They do have more than a few good men though at pass rush, in fairness. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. You, so you look, yeah, John, thank you. Thank, I'm so sorry, Marissa. This is a serious show. I don't, I am contractually obligated to have him on the show. I he believe owns, it's obligated. I understand. He I understand. owns part of the show. That's the problem. If I don't have him in the show, he sues us. I invested so, in the show when it was the, the net value of the show. Was it was cheaper $7. than Bitcoin. It was a better investment than Bitcoin. It was $7 and I invested three. It's now the, yeah, now it is at least $70 to show. Yeah. By the way, Marissa, we have a, our, our, our uh, pay, patrons, if you will. I think they're robots who automatically pay you money. No. But they, yeah, I mean, Just really. give money to the show. Patrons, Marissa, look, I mean. If you look at the, the what's not propaganda, but the, you know, positive vibes for the team that are being put out there. And then you look at what we do on the show. And, you know, I really think that people, I mean, you would agree they need to support our show. Our show is, is struggling. You know, I was trying to buy, you know, some new underwear and socks for the guys, you know, for the show. We, we can barely, we get, we're down to like $24 a month. It's really bad. So, yeah. So I think they should go to patreon.com. I think we are, we're running out of time on that topic. Look, I stopped wearing underwear years ago just because I knew that he was never going to pay for it. Well, also, he goes through it really fast because he's vegan. And oh, right. my God. Yeah. But look, OK, back to the pass rush. Marissa, I'm so sorry. Yes. I apologize on behalf of Hoji. But hey, look, I want everyone but, to support your show. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. You ask the hard hitting questions. The thank questions. Thank you. Thank you. And so, so basically, look, against the Bucks, Darius Hodge was a beast. Oh, yeah. He was all over the place. I believe it's pronounced Hoji. Yeah. No, no, no. And, and, but, no, but I mean, Joseph Asai, obviously, too. Yeah, but he took the cake. He was the man. And we're going to talk about him next. But the whole pass rush. And, you know, I noticed that Renell Wren got the QB pressure. DJ Reader, you know, got a couple of QB pressures. These are big guys. And they're getting to the quarterback. Yeah. And it tells you the scheme is better. Their support in the linebackers and the secondary. You know, I think Luana Rumo finally has the guys that he envisioned as, as fitting as part of the puzzle. And, and then you saw, okay, Osai goes down. 
And then the next game, it's the same thing. They keep getting to the quarterback, getting the quarterback. You have Hodge again, yeah. hitting the quarterback. He's pushing the quarterback. He's poking him in the eye. He's stripping the quarterback. They're just, you know, bullying these quarterbacks. That's right. And, and, and I tell you what, I tell you what, Luana Romo is the Cinderella of the NFL. Why? Because everybody said, hey, man, you don't got any glass slippers. He walked in <laughs> with glass slippers. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you, you're, you're exactly right. It's, it's been great to see, especially, um, you know, against Washington and finally getting to see that first team unit on the defensive line roll out there in Hubbard, Reader, Ogunjobi, and Hendrickson. I mean, it's something we've been wanting to see, um, you know, since they signed Hendrickson and Ogunjobi and um, since DJ Reader was going to be coming back fully healthy. Um, and I mean, it's obviously made a world of difference that you, you've seen so far, especially against Washington. But it was nice to see even in that Tampa Bay game, that first unit, Zach Tom Brady. I mean, as a Bengals fan, who doesn't love to see, you know, a rookie and Hendrickson get in there and sacked, you know, the greatest of all time. And so, um, you know, I think just this defensive line and honestly, the defense as a whole, as you talked about the linebacker and kind of the brand new secondary that's been brought in. I mean, Lou Anarumo has his guys now. This is a totally new identity on defense. There's so much more trust in some of these younger guys, especially like the Logan Wilson, who they're expecting to make, you know, a really big jump this year. And even, you know, Akeem David Skather. Um, and even though Jordan Evans is, the, you know, the veteran of that linebacker group now, you know, he's having a pretty good camp. Jermaine Pratt has taken steps now. Um, in his third year, so it's been it's been really really good. Marcus Bailey, Marcus, Marcus Bailey, yeah, he almost had he almost had two interceptions. He almost That's had two right. interceptions. He's, he's making plays, so you know. Was he on the show? He was on the show. He was and on then, the show. Yeah, but on they the reviewed show, the they reviewed the plays and the fake no good refs. The yeah, yeah the crooked, yeah. Uh, the CNN swampy, swampy yeah, swamp dwelling refs. Yeah, got to drain the swamp of the refs. But yeah, and so look, okay, look, you talked about, yeah, I mean, the linebackers then the second year, most of them, they're flying around there. I've always said they're flying around there. Now they're flying around there and they know what they're doing. That's right. And it's crazy. It's crazy that we have so much depth, so much athletes. I don't think the Bengals have ever had this much flying around and athleticism, especially not the linebacker. I can't remember a team that looked like, they just, you know, they, they zoom in on, on, a, on a runner or a whatever, and, and yeah, it's great. I mean, they've been low-scoring affairs, these two games. So I want to talk about Joseph Asai. So we heard that he hurt his wrist. Then we heard he hurt his meniscus. Right. I said, and, and put Daniel, those two together. Interject? Basic logic says that he tore the meniscus in his wrist. I don't know if you want to confirm that or not, but that is just if you if you know the basics of math, you yeah. put wrist, meniscus, those two news reports together. Yeah, though knowing physiology but, uh, would would actually delete that equation. And I just yeah. want to point out to all the viewers out there, do not get your medical advice from this show. Well, I believe Daddy, last time we had this show said that tearing your meniscus could be a daily affair. And it that is. You could tear a little I do bit it all the time every day. No, I do it all and, the time. Yeah, I no, do it all this, the time because no. no because because I my, my bed is too low to the ground. So when I get up, I hear a little eek, and that is my meniscus being torn a little bit, but it's fine because it's it grows not. back. Marissa, you know that the meniscus grows you back. Everybody's amazing. Look, oh. let me just let's just I'm so sorry, Marissa. I'm so sorry on behalf of OG. I wish I wish he could just stay on track and focus. I don't know why. He's this is, so you know, we had, we had we had we had a two and a half month break where Hoji wasn't here. Man, the show was great. Ratings were great. Yeah. 
The show is so professional. We got yeah. Jeff Hobson. We got all these people on. And, and then, you know, Hoji comes back. We were and, in like a $200 and, deficit. I mean, I don't know why yeah. you're sugarcoating I mean, that's, this. Yeah. So look, so look, Joseph Asai. I'm when sorry. Back. Yeah. I mean, I know you can't tell us when he's back. I, I mean, he's, pro- I mean, you're probably, he's not going to be back for the last preseason game, but I mean, you can tell us he'll be back for the season opener. I assume because I look, my theory is that he'll be back because it's a meniscus and who, I mean, who cares? I mean, I don't mean to say who cares, but meniscus is nothing, man. Like I, like I said, you just, people always tear their meniscus all the time. I mean, I wouldn't say meniscus is nothing. I tore my meniscus back in high school. But I mean, when it comes to Joseph Asai, you know, I I can't really give you any new information. Um, We hope to see him back out there as soon as we can. Um, But when it comes to, you know, medical details, I went to school for journalism and communication. So can't really speak to the whole doctor. I'll let, you know, the professional here in the room, you know, kind of take that over. Yeah, it was it was just such a blow to see. I mean, Osai was had played so well in that first game. He had had such a great camp. And so you hate to see any type of injury, but let alone an injury that, you know, could be, um, you know, a significant amount of time. We don't know exactly how long he'll be out, what exactly he's going to have done, if there's going to be anything done. We haven't received that information yet. So so once that information is out there, um, we'll have a better idea, you know, when we'll expect to see him, if it's, you know, this year or or beyond this year. Yeah, but you agree, Marissa, we can survive without him. I mean, you look at the Darius Hodge, you look at the, John, who is the other guy? And Darius Hodge, by the way, he's a very small guy. He's like my size. No, I mean he's no I one think in the NFL so. is your size. He's a little the bit bigger than thing, the closest yeah. thing in NFL to your size is the ball. Listen, <laughs> let me just say, <laughs> he looks, that you, let, he looks, let, yeah. No, 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 no. I just got to say here, I, I looking at the the Osai issue from the perspective of metaphysics, the only way Osai is going to be back for the season opener is if an Osai from the past travels through time, comes in and plays in the season opener. The problem with that from metaphysical perspective is. Now you got two Joseph Osai's. What do you do? One Joseph Osai starts to heal. Now they both want to play. You see, you got an issue. So Why is that a problem? There's anything well, wrong well, with that? Well, who do, wouldn't who they do benefit from two of them? Who's the exactly. original? Yeah, you can line up each one on the end. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I, I, this is. I'm so sorry, Marisa. <laughs> I'm so sorry that this is just getting sidetracked like this. I didn't plan for this. We had a we had a script and we had news and everything, but Marisa, look. We're out of time on that topic. Let's go to backup QB. Look, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen, I, I like. Look, the guy threw from his 400 yards against the Houston Texans late last year. The guy is a team player. He is a veteran. He's won some games in Denver. And he's been in the system. Really, do you think the Bengals are going to go out and get somebody else just based on some preseason, let's say, struggles. I mean, is, there, is that even a question? Because they just signed him to an extension. Is there any chance they're like, hey, I don't know who's out there. I mean, I mean, you know, like a, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type guy, maybe a guy that, that Joe, Joe Burrow can maybe learn a little bit from, maybe he'll start two games if Joe Burrow's knee's not ready. No, I know the team is very comfortable with Brandon Allen. I mean, you look at kind of what he did last year. If you remember, they brought him in as the COVID quarterback. So, you know, for the first half of the year, he was really isolated from the rest of um, the quarterback room and the offense. So he was kind of in his own world just in case something were to happen and he would have to be called in to, you know, kind of be the COVID quarterback if everyone else were to have gotten, you know, taken out due to NFL protocols. So the fact that he was in that situation, wasn't around the team during um, meetings, was through Zoom on everything. 
and then came in, as you said, you know, played really well um, in that Texans game, you know, finished out last year pretty strong. Uh, They're very comfortable with him back there. I mean, he is a veteran. He's in now, you know, the second year with Zach Taylor in the system and, you know, preseason struggles, they're going to happen from time to time. And so you hope that um, on Sunday you, you can, you know, get a little bit stronger sense um, and maybe Brandon bounces back a little bit more, but um, you know, it would surprise me if they decide to bring in another veteran at this point um, in camp. Um, you know, I would be under the assumption that it's going to be Brandon Allen going through as the backup. Every team is going to say that they're comfortable with their backup quarterback, but no team is ever comfortable with their backup quarterback playing for their starting quarterback. Like there is no backup quarterback out there that is going to make you say, yeah, the Bengals offense can run just as efficiently as if Joe Burrow was out there. So like, I, I understand why there's concern with Brandon Allen, but at the end of the day, just like we saw from last year, if the Bengals don't have Joe Burrow out there, it doesn't matter who's coming in behind him. It could be Brandon Allen, it could be Allen Brandon. The results are probably going to be the same. So like we talked about Darius Hodge earlier in the show, if they bring in another quarterback for the sole purpose of giving Burrow this veteran you know, leadership and guidance, there's a possibility that like they couldn't fit a guy like Darius Hodge on the roster because they're carrying that extra quarterback. So I just don't understand really the whole worry about how good the backup quarterback is. If he's in there at all, they're probably not going to do very much. Well, there are those rare teams where, where, like, I would say any any team that has Nick Foles as a backup quarterback, he's going to be better than the starting quarterback. But that's so, just me. Well, I want to talk about something serious, which is that you talked about you need to have Burrow out there. And I think the guy that we've seen who that really affects the most might be Jamar Chase. And Marissa, do you know that, again, the lying fake news media was saying, oh, he's, he's, he's dropping all his passes, he's, you know, whatever. No, I... And we saw, was. yeah, so with Jamar Chase, so I want to talk about Jamar Chase now. With Jamar Chase, we saw all these reports about his, his struggles, and then he comes out, John, I mean, this was like a, a legendary performance. This is going to be like NFL classics. He's catching everything. They showed his hands. He's doing the different what, things with his hands. It was great. Did you see the clips? He was great. In but practice? my point is this. Yeah, in practice. I mean, so, yeah. So, so my point is, my point is that Jamar Chase is the kind of guy who looks like a completely different quarterback when he has Joe Burrow throwing him the ball. And I, I, I trace the struggles in the preseason games to that lack of chemistry and timing that he has with Joe Burrow compared to Brandon Allen. Maybe it's tougher for a guy like him who's been out of the football for a year or so. And he's still young, whereas a Tyler Boyd or Auden Tate, they can adjust. That's my theory. I don't know if I would read too much into that. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think it matters who's throwing passes to Jamar Chase. Um, you know, this kind of happens to every receiver for the most part. You know, talking to Tyler Boyd over the weekend, this happened to him um, during his career. It happened to him once in college. And I think he said it happened to him once when he was at Pittsburgh, where, you know, just you all of a sudden you just you're not catching anything and so I think Boyd has been a really good resource um, for Jamar Chase through this and then you know it's also promising when you see you know Jamar had had a drop at practice that you know a veteran like CJ Uzama was one of the first guys to go up to him afterwards to kind of talk to him through it so Jamar's going to be fine um, this is just you know a little phase I'm not worried about this whatsoever 
Uh, he still has plenty of time before, you know, week one against Minnesota. And whether it's Brandon Allen, Joe Burrow at practice in the preseason games, whoever is throwing the ball to him um, at the end of the day, you know, I don't think that really matters. Uh, he's going to catch passes eventually on Sundays once we get there. Well, um, I was, but also, I, but wait, yeah. before we get too far, I want to know why there's not a period uh, after yet. Why is this not, you know, a fact and a statement? I'm, I, I would really like to get your take on this, Daddy. What a question. Well, because, well, because, because. When he has his next best day, we have to we have to rephrase it. Yeah. We have to say yet. He doesn't want to spend money on the period. That's yeah, that's the thing. They charge so our producer. Got a character limit when it comes to the graphics. Yeah, yeah. so he our producer, each, each, each our producer Courtney, it's yeah, it's about it's about an eighth of a cent, I think. Yeah, poor character, and and it's crazy. I mean, this production, this alone is is breaking the bank for us. But you know, you talked about the struggles. And I remember when Hoji started doing the show and he was fumbling and bumbling and dropping everything. No, no, he couldn't. No, he couldn't get any of the players' names right. Oh, yeah. When we brought John on, I think he kept calling him Jake. He like he was just he was just struggling. Yeah, it was. And I mean, things haven't changed that much. But now we are the number one Bengals podcast. We named ourselves that. And so, yeah. Yeah, so there's so no he's... leadership here, and Chase has all the leadership to help him. So I think he's going to be fine. There's that, yeah. but I think really yeah. what Marissa said about this being a non-issue has another dimension to it. Even if Jamar Chase isn't the Jamar Chase we hoped for, even if he isn't the Jamar Chase we dreamed of, who really cares? Because we have the Joe Burrow we dreamed of, and we have a we have a slew, we have a treasury of excellent receivers who can, at the very least, Jamar Chase is going to be a threat. Even if he's not the greatest in the no, league, he'll be he's fine. Be good no, enough. No, what I'm saying no, is, we no. had T. Higgins, we got no. the other, we got Boyd, we got. Let some me great just say receivers. something. No, Jamar Chase is going to be great. He's our number one option. His number is number I don't one. Think, I don't. I think he has this to earn the number is, one option. I think T. Higgins is the number one option. You don't always have to earn it. Change. You don't have to earn it. We are the number one Bengals podcast, for instance. That's true. And we are, by the way, on our YouTube channel, Marissa. We are only. 27 subscribers away from the year that the Bengals will win their first Super Bowl, 2021-22, this year, right? It's the 21-22 football season. We're 27 away from, you did the math? That's really impressed that. Yeah. 27 away from Yeah, so the Bengals this year, the Bengals win the Super Bowl. It's 21-22, and that's the year they're going to win it. And that's how close we are. And so... Basically, Marissa, what I'm trying to say is it's all about it's all about how you present yourself. There's an art to it, the art of negotiating. Art of, oh man, the art of and, the deal that you yeah. Yeah, I can see through your little charades yeah. that you're playing. No, but I, I I do think that Chase, look, he adds that big play dimension. T is great. Yet Boyd the is the reliable, you know, but Chase, but Chase has to prove himself just like every other person in the league and who cares, right? Okay. Well, because we, we're you, good in the wide receiver department. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point too. I mean, not only, you know, you're expecting a lot out of Jamar Chase, but I think some of the pressure can almost be taken off of him because you have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, yes. not to mention Joe Mixon, who's going to be used in the passing game pretty oh, heavily yes. too. So you have plenty of other options. It's not like we're a team where oh Jamar Chase is the only option at wide receiver. We have a slew of talent, not to mention Auden Tate, who literally catches anything thrown at him. You could throw like an oven at him and Auden Tate would probably catch it. So exactly. you have just like so much talent and, and so many other playmakers that, you know, 
I, I, I hope at least that takes some of the pressure off of Jamar and he's not putting too much on himself because, you know, he, there are plenty of other options on this offense and that's going to be fun to see guys. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think Marissa, the part of the part of the fear factor here comes from honestly, the debacle that was the John Ross signing. And it was a time that was a different time. And that was a time when we had other needs that weren't being fulfilled and it was a mistake. And I think a lot, a lot of people knew that it was going to be a mistake. This is not that this is Jamar Chase. He's solid. I think it's good enough. It's a good, it's a good fit for the team. Yeah. He's got some, some stone hand issue. That's okay. He doesn't, he doesn't, and he's going to be fine. But as a look again, I apologize. I apologize for you having to deal with uh, that over there, that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, 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 it is, and really we do hope that you will come back and the Bengals. I mean, I, I think I gave you my season predictions. I've not. Well, I think that was before it was, we knew it was a 17 game schedule. So I'll adjust that it. Was, yeah. It's 15 and two, Marissa. And I'll tell you why. You're probably thinking, oh, that's kind of negative. Why don't they go undefeated? Well, you always want to throw a game here or there so you don't get complacent in the playoffs. This is something we've learned and analytics have taught us. So I think it is going to be a spectacular season. I really do. Offensive fireworks. And by the way, I mean that literally. The, the secret police, I can't remember their name, they do have a set of fireworks that they will be, uh, they have, you know, they have people in their captivity who are entrusted with firing those off every time they get the touchdown. And it sends a message of conformity. Once again, you should be celebrating. Who they? All that kind of a stuff. So I'm really, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And the defense is going to be playmaking. You know, I, John, correct me if I'm wrong. The teams that have the explosive offenses, they don't need necessarily a defense that, you know, shuts you down, but you want a playmaking defense. And it seems like the Bengals have that. You want some pass rush. You want to be able to take advantage of opportunities where you get ahead of the other team. And the Bengals seem to have that with the, with the ball hawking Jesse Bates, who, by the way, Marissa, I'm sure you know that he is about to sign a new extension, right? A five-year deal, I think. I think it's like a hundred and... Was it 120 million, John? I don't remember. Marissa, no, no update on that. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny oh, uh, those she, rumors. Yeah. Okay. Okay. John, I, I just, I just made that up, Marissa. But I'm just, but, but he will be signed soon. And you have the ball hawking Jesse Bates. You have, uh, you know, our secondary looks really good now. You have the linebackers being played. Anyways, uh, I think it's going to be a great season. What is, what do you think? Final record, Marissa. Oh, for oh, I didn't know if it was for me or John. Um, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm excited to see this team go out there, and also I'm like cracking up at that you keep calling the Stripe Squad the Secret Police. That's what you're naming them, the Secret Police. Well, I I'm, I I do I love I love history, so I read a lot of history. Okay. And, Daddy, Daddy, the abbreviation SS SS. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've just I've just no. Well, I'm because gonna take it to them. I, I'm I'm gonna take it to them tomorrow and see if maybe they'll consider a name change already. I, know I think they should it. because if you look at success long term, so nowadays it's very trendy. To, they have people like write their opinions of which politicians they want in power. And then there's a charade of like, oh, you know, the, the, you know, the, everybody voting in a democracy. Right, right. But if you look, if you look at the broader kind of, you know, history, the most successful, you know, you want Are you leadership dictatorships con- versus democracy. Well, you want consolidated leadership is what we call it. It, it just works. And so I, as a student of history, that, that if you want to know why dictatorships fail, I refer you to this show, yeah. which is run <laughs> by a short man with a mustache 
who listens to nobody else's opinions. Well, so let me ask you something. So we have a debate about the facial hair. What is the most Cincinnati facial hair, me or Hoji? You look at, you look at the Rosas. You look at the Reds mascot. Oh, that's You look true. at Jets Pizza. Have you been to Jets Pizza? It's very good, by the way. I have not. But you, even just thinking like Hude has whiskers, that's kind of like a mustache. Yeah, nobody like, has that of, beard. Kind of a stretch, a real stretch, but. Yeah, nobody has that beard. Am I might, A big bushy beard is a sign of virility, daddy. Everybody knows that. <laughs> and, and, and the mustache, one little mustache is a sign of fascism. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay. Well, Marissa, on that note, again, I apologize. So sorry. But look, I think you know that if anybody who supports our show, they're supporting the Bengals, which means they're supporting Marissa. So I ask everybody to leave a five star review yeah. on, you know, a snitcher. If you like and- Marissa, subscribe. If you like yeah. Marissa, thumbs up this video. If you like yeah. Marissa, retweet all the stuff about this show. If you right. like Marissa, leave on- a positive comment. Yeah. And- Hopefully they do. If not, then, you know, sorry. Didn't help you show up. That's well... Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that too because they're probably not going to do any of those things. But that's not about you, trust me. It's about Hoji. But so, so with that, for the great Marissa Cantapelli, John Sheeran, Dr. Hoji, the electric Smoji, Debbie McDoo, and this is the number one Bengals podcast. So we will see you next time. So long, Esviti Pies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.